Hello, Dean. Pierre. <laughs> um, I, before we start, I have to apologize. You texted me a while ago, and I kept meaning to text you back, and I, I spaced out on it, and I apologize. How great was that shot? <laughs> what do you mean? Did you see that? I sent you a picture. I sent you a photo. Oh, I didn't get that photo. All I got was a text. You, oh, man, I sent you a photo. It was, it was, remember when Scott and I were out and about, and we were, I think we were promoting number four, and we were out with an acoustic guitar going across the country? Yeah, that's the first time I met you. Dude, it's a picture from that. Oh, wow. Yeah. If I'll, you can I'll, find I'll, it and send it over again, I'd like to I'll see it. I'll send it to you. And I, I, I wrote something like, you know, dude, you look exactly the same. Like, you know, you can tell, like, there's proof that I was one once young and pretty, but you're still young and pretty. Looking. <laughs> I was, uh, but I was, I was quite weighty in those days. Dude, you look, you look like double the weight. I've lost 50 pounds since then. But anyway, that's another story. But you are, you are still young and pretty, I have to tell you, uh, and I'm going to tell you. So <laughs> there it is. I've already blown one minute of our 10-minute interview with that, but... <laughs> okay. I don't care, and I know you don't. Uh, but send it on to me. when, If you could send it again, I'd love to get that. Because I just came across the anniversary of when Robert invited me on stage at the Tower, and a couple of listeners took pictures of it. And I, I, my, my little mind is completely blown. I have no business being on the platform with the four of you guys bowing, of all things. And I'm just... Oh, uh, that was great, man. Come uh, on. We were in Philly, dude. Come on. Oh, it's amazing. All right. Let's get to what we have fun. to talk about. 93.3 WMMR, and with us at this moment, our friend Dean DeLeo of STP, who are going to do a show. Thank God. Uh, live music just can't be denied as I see it, and it's going to be uh, tonight on Nugs TV uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And, Dean, how are you, my friend? I'm very well, Pierre. How are you, man? I am doing great. So uh, I heard this was Robert's idea that he just said, we've got to do something. You had like over 100 dates that had been <laughs> stashed away and everyone's been out of their mind. And uh, so this idea came about. Is is that about right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's about right. But, you know, I, I, I'm really quite good at being lazy. I'm really good at it. Uh, I'm the master of it, quite honestly. But, uh, you know... There, there's uh, been a lot of uh, a lot of tragedy and a lot of uh, really sad stuff to see going on with this this number 19 that's surrounding our planet right now. But you know, I've I've been making the best of it, just really enjoying being home with with my family and the kids. And I I, I love it having the kids out of school, man. Just you know, home every day and we're homeschooling them, and it's just it's just been very interesting. But you know. As wonderful and great as that is, you you still kind of yearn for life as we once knew it, you know? Your day job, as it were. (laughs) (laughs) Or your night job, I suppose. What what were you doing? What have you been doing over the last couple of months? Like, what would an average day look like in Dean DeLeo's life? Uh, Let's see, man. It's it's a... um... Like I said, it's it's just spending time with my family, really, really immersed in that. And we've been just doing a lot of hiking and just uh, heading out to the beach. And uh, you know, I've been writing a lot, playing a lot of guitar. That's so great. It's, uh, I'm thrilled that you've had a good time off, so to speak. I'm even more thrilled, though, that this amazing band of yours is going to be doing this show and the challenge has been, as I see it, live music just won't be denied. There's a different forms that people have been creeping music in, certainly the virtual things. 
but I, I must admit I'm growing a little weary of those. But the idea that we're going to actually see a full show and that you're going to go back to the core album and play the whole thing is pretty phenomenal. Where is it going to happen? Is it in a club or a small rehearsal space? Or obviously no people are going to be there, but I'm just curious. Uh, so there's there's a place that we've been rehearsing at for many, many, many years. It's uh, uh, a rehearsal uh, studio called Mates. Um, and it's out, out in the uh, wonderful San Fernando Valley. And uh, we're going to be doing it in a room there. There's, there's a bunch of rooms, but with, there's a room there we particularly like called the Gold Room. Cool. And it's, uh, it's just lined with, uh, you know, kind of uh, wonderful gold curtains that you would see right out of Grandma's house in the 1970s. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, That's perfect. It really is. Are you just going to go right into core and do that first? Will there be any other songs, or will it just be that essentially? No, we're just we're going to do core top to bottom, man. Um, Yeah, it's 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 been interesting. There's there's a couple couple songs in there we haven't played in many 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 years, so it was uh, interesting kind of jumping back into that stuff. You kind of you kind of you know, figure out what you played 30 years ago. And it's interesting because, you know, got a style change in a year, let alone 30, you know, so you kind of, you kind of start digging into what you did back then. You kind of scratching your head, like, who was that? (laughs) Well, I think you, um, I think you had said in one interview that uh, one of those songs was Naked Sunday, another one where the river grows. And I think Naked Sunday, maybe you played on SNL or something, but it was like in 1993. So yeah. Um, when you've been rehearsing those, what's that like pulling a couple of those out? Uh, it's been re- really fun, really fun. You know, you got to think, you know, that was 30 years ago. So we were full of, uh, you know, full of vinegar, man. So you kind of jump back in that and make it Sunday. It's, it's a pretty demanding song. Interestingly enough, it's two chords through the entire song. Just each part has a different intensity about it. But really that song is just two chords through the entire song, but it's just, uh, what was kind of cool, I, I kind of forgot about some things during the recording process. And uh, when I went and listened to the record, I remembered that Eric went into the kitchen and took out a bunch of colanders and strainers and pots and pans. The percussive stuff that you hear on the record is Eric hitting all the pots and pans. Wow. That's cool. I didn't ever know that. That's way cool. Yeah. Like I said, man, there was like, you know, a colander and a couple of pots and pans and just some metal. Uh, and and Eric just had his stick sitting on the floor with a with an overhead mic, and uh, yeah, we just cut that for the for the percussive element of the track. It's uh, Dean DeLeo that we're speaking with, and STP is going to do all of Core. Uh, it'll be this evening on uh, Nugs TV. That's how you can sign up and get it. It's only nine dollars and ninety nine cents, and in, the, in these days of rather expensive concerts, that's a deal. When you finish the album, will you do some other songs too, or is it just going to be Core? It's just going to be core, and cool. we um, see how things go here. And and uh, you know personally, um, and I know uh, for for Robert as well, and I'm sure the other guys are are game for it. But you know we maybe like to do this with each record. Oh, that's great. Kind of kind of kind of grab each record top to bottom. You know, um, one of the I mean, if we jump to current times, uh, uh, Perfido was just a beautiful record, and I I felt that it didn't get its due. With this pandemic, uh, we you know we got fare thee well I think in December and the record came in February, and then uh, there was going to be a show 
in Atlantic City um, that was going to be the whole, you know, a lot of stuff from that record and the whole concert was going to be in that style of presentation, a more acoustic with all these different instruments that you guys have been working in. And I think Jeff um, had an illness uh, before that happened, so that had to be um, put off. But then we thought, well, all right, we're still going to see the band this summer. And um, then, of course, we know what happened then. Um, so uh, I, I, I miss, uh, I'd love to see more, you know, done just on uh, Perdita, because that was a lovely, lovely record. You have to be proud of that one. Well, thank you. Yeah, that that record turned out pretty well. You know, it's it's always, you know, the... the um, task at hand is try to get what's going on inside your being to come out of the speakers and we we did a pretty good job with that and there's just some extraordinary musicians uh, on that record the string players that we had part of the la philharmonic and uh just some extraordinary players and this this one woman uh who goes by the name of abe she played just some incredible flute and you know robert got the you know have Mark's the phone will travel. If Robert can play Mark's the phone anywhere, believe me, he will. <laughs> uh, well, that brings me back to this summer because speaking of concerts, uh, I found it quite interesting when we announced this show some time ago, and it, like all the other ones, is you know not happening. But you were going to be touring. You would have played um, uh, July nineteenth over in Camden uh, with Nickelback. So you were on a big tour with Nickelback, and I, I just found that kind of an interesting pairing um and that's no disrespect against Nickelback but I I was kind of surprised by that pairing how did that come about well uh they simply asked cool and uh yeah they they simply uh you know things usually go from manager to manager unless uh somebody has one another's phone numbers but uh yeah just one day I got a call from management hey you got this offer to go out and do 50 dates with Nickelback, and you don't you don't pay for a thing. We're going to tow it everything. Wow! And I was like, okay, and you, you kind of look at that and you go, wow, that's that's a that's a nice opportunity. And uh, I've met those guys. Boy, I met those guys way, way, way back in the day. Dig this, man. You know what? I I kind of forget where we where we were, but Philly kind of rings a bell, maybe. So we were doing a radio thing, and they were coming in after us to do a radio thing. And their record had just come out, their first record. And we were dying because they said, you guys got to come outside. They had our old tour bus. Come like, on. We got your old bus. We heard, yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we all had a laugh because they were like, is this your old tour bus? We heard it was. We're like, yeah, it sure was, man. We had that, <laughs> that bus a little while back. So it was a good laugh. And uh, they're, just, they're just real sweet cats, you know. Yeah, they're Canadian, very nice. Man, come on. Oh yeah, you can't go wrong. <laughs> I've met them and interviewed them. They're very nice guys. I, you know, they've sort of gotten a bad rap in the critical press as not being cool or hip, but they're great guys. So um, it was just an interesting pairing, and I, I thought it would have been fun because you know it would have exposed Nickelback fans to STP and vice versa. Uh, I thought it would have been a nice show. But is there a chance that could happen next summer again, or everything gets reset, or we don't know? Oh my gosh, you know we. Uh... Like you said earlier, Pierre, we we had a hundred shows pulled out from under us uh, in just 2020, and nothing's been rescheduled. Everything's just been, you know, pretty much canceled. So I don't know what's happening, and and uh, you know, with this COVID that's that's around us, you know, I don't I don't see uh, anything being rescheduled for even 2021. So we just got to all sit tight and see what happens here. Uh, you know, I don't want to get too heavy into it, man, but you know, this 
this thing has really been disruptive, man. You know, we, uh, I'm sure you see it. I'm sure plenty of us see it, but these, these small business owners and, and this industry in particular, my industry, you know, from, from our crew to stagehands to people that work at the venues to bus drivers to truck drivers. I mean, everyone has been, you know, just hit so hard and, and completely turned on their side. And it's just sad, man. It's just, it's really sad. And then, and then, you know, you throw in this, like this stuff is killing people, you know, just, um, I just hope something breaks, man. I hope something really, really comes through and we just get back on track here. Well, you, you raise a really good point. We've done uh, a lot of discussion about that here because uh, you you think of people, shop owners and different things, but a lot of people don't think of road crews, be it local or touring road crews, because those men and women – Though they live to be on the road, you know, the same guy that might um, be a roadie for Metallica might jump to Madonna when that tour is over, um, you know, and they don't have 401ks and they don't have medical plans and, and they depend on that life. Uh, so not only the road people who are local and national, but like you said, the ticket takers and the concession, you know, concession people and the ushers and I mean, it's a huge amount of people <clears throat> who've been completely shut down. And in the midst of all the other people we notice who have had trouble, um, it's really good that you raise that because uh, my heart goes out to a lot of those folks. They're great, great people. Uh, listen, man, you know, we are, when I say we, I mean anyone who gets up on stage and plays music, everyone and anyone who takes that stage and grabs a guitar, a microphone, drums, whatever it may be, we are nothing without the people all dressed in black behind the stage. They make it so we just walk in and play. They do it all. And honestly, man, we'd be nothing without them. And and they, they're, they're the ones, they're the unsung heroes, man. They're the ones that really make the show go off. And, you know, it's just, it's like they want nothing more than their, their band, their band. And I, and I say that with a, with an ownership involved. They, they want nothing more than their band to take the stage, just have a great show. And, th- and they, but they load in at 8 a.m. and they load out at 1 a.m. So they're working 14, 15 hour days. And, uh, you know, they are truly the unsung heroes, man, and, and, and we'd be nothing without them. So, yeah, it's sad. It, it, it weighs upon us, you know, greatly. So well said. It makes me think of Jackson Brown's song, The Loadout, which uh, uh, is a tribute to the <laughs> to those working folks, you know. Um, you know, yeah. music has, has uh, uh, I know you got to go shortly, but, but uh, what I found kind of interesting in terms of musicians, besides the virtual stuff, is there are different bands who've tried different things. Uh, Dropkick Murphys come to mind. Uh, they did, they always play, the, you know, with the Irish Heritage, they always play on St. Paddy's Day in Boston. And so they were the first band I saw do a set from a club with no one in the audience. And then as the separation became more apparent, um, they did a set about a month and a half ago from Fenway Park um, with all these uh, amazing drone cameras. And they were all six feet from each other. They were on the field at Fenway Park, but a baseball stadium, a legendary one at that, but no one was there. So they finished the song. And, you know, you might find this kind of interesting when you guys take the stage this evening because you'll finish a song and there's no applause. <laughs> You know, but but in that kind of a setting, it's just been kind of interesting. And then there's this drive-in concept. 
Uh, we're going to do a couple of shows with uh, the Struts and uh, with some of the guys from Shinedown um, where people can drive a car into a parking lot and there'll be a stage set up. That's sort of an idea that's getting a little traction. But it again, it speaks to the idea that you just can't contain the live music. No, it's just such a such a way of life for 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 so many of us, you know. And and you know, gosh, I feel bad for those who just aren't affected by music like most of us are, and I'm sure most of your listeners are. It's just such a a powerful um, entity, you know. And it's just uh, it it just permeates our soul, you know. And it's just uh, especially in a time like this, it's like needed more than ever, you know. Last question. Um, you're going to do the album Core, uh, the first record from STP. It also won uh, a Grammy uh, for Best Hard Rock Performance in 1994 at the Grammys. And I never knew if you guys were there to accept it that night. Uh, if you were, what was it like? If you weren't, what was your reaction when you heard? Okay, so um, uh, we were there. We were very late in getting there because uh, we were all going over in one car, and there was one particular band member that showed up to the lobby about 20 minutes late. I won't mention any names. <laughs> so as we were driving, as we were driving to Radio City Music Hall, our publicist, Lisa Gray from Atlantic Records, called us, you guys just won. Where are you? We're like, uh, we're in a car. Oh, my God. So uh, we were unable to receive it because, uh, like I said, uh, we, we got on the road about 20, 25 minutes later than we, we should have. But I'll tell you what was uh, very memorable about that evening is when we got there, we did get there, and I went inside, and uh, lo and behold, there was Curtis Mayfield. So I got down on one knee, and I put my head in his lap. <laughs> Mr. Mayfield, thank you for everything. <laughs> Uh, so that that was a that was a pretty big night, and then of course, uh, you know, it was it was it was it was really nice. The the the, the pinnacle of the evening was, but you got to think, man, dig this. I had to go to a phone booth, call my mom back uh, on the west coast. I went to a phone booth, at, you know, I forget where, but uh, called my mom, said, "Ma, we won," and uh, yeah, pre cell phones, man. Wow, that's great. All of CORE will be played uh, this evening on Nugs.tv. That's how you can get your tickets. Uh, very reasonably priced at $9.99. You'll see this amazing band with so much history that we love so much. Uh, their name is Stone Temple Pilots, and they're going to do All of CORE tonight. You don't want to miss it. And this may uh, forebode, this may be the beginning of some more of the amazing albums that this band has made uh, being done in the same way. So check it out tonight. We all will. Dean DeLeo, we thank you for spending some time with us on MMR. It's such a great pleasure to catch up with you. Always great to be talking with you, Pierre. All right, you got other work to do, my friend. You have a great day, and I'll, I'll talk to you soon. All right, my brother. Take care. Bye, Pierre. Bye-bye.